0: Well, I'm reading today from Psalms 30, verses 4 through 5. Listen to this. Sing unto the Lord, O you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is life. And here's the phrase for you today. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Say that with me. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. It would be redundant for me to attempt to describe weeping. We all understand it because we've all been there. It's not just a tear in one eye or a sadness of your heart. Weeping is an outpouring of a wounded soul and the crushing of a spirit. It's like when the grapes in the wine press are pressed in order to produce the wine. They're squeezed until there's nothing left of them. Very much like that, the spirit can be crushed and broken and the very life of that spirit poured out in tears. Paul said at one time, I am like a drink offering being poured out over the sacrifice in the service of Calvary. He pictured himself as a bottle of wine being poured over a sacrifice offered unto the Lord. He said, I'm completely poured out before God. We weep for ourselves. We weep for others. Sometimes we may weep for situations that come into our lives. But you know the feeling of having your spirit broken, your heart broken, your spirit crushed. David, the scripture says, wept until he could weep no more. Someone asked me, what what is the remedy for weeping? When do you stop crying? David found it. He wept until he could weep no more. There comes a time when the tears run out. He found it. He had lost his family. He had lost everything that he owned. The city had been burned. And his men, his, his faithful men, were talking about stoning him. And he sat in sackcloth and ashes and wept with a broken heart. The scripture says, until he could weep no more. And then he arose and recovered all. Mary wept at the feet of Jesus. And she was criticized for her weeping. And she broke open that precious ointment, expensive precious ointment, and bathed the feet of Jesus with it. And she was criticized. Someone said, this could have been sold and the money given to the poor. And Jesus said, leave her alone. She has done this against or in favor of. Are for my burial. Jesus wept for Lazarus. Two words, shortest verse in the Bible Jesus wept. Analyze that. Jesus, the Lord of glory the one who created all the one who died for us, the one who's the miracle worker. He raised the dead. He heals the sick. He walked on the water and yet he stood at the tomb of Lazarus and wept. Jesus wept. If he wept, you should not feel bad for weeping yourself. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He wept. He sat outside the city and he wept over them. He said, how often would I have gathered you together much like a, 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 much like a hen gathers her brood, but you would not. And he wept over the rebellion of Jerusalem. And again, in the garden of Gethsemane, he wept as the scripture says, it was like great drops of blood. He wept a broken heart. And Jesus still weeps today for every one of us who fall into temptation. Those who are stricken by disease or when we suffer the loss of someone we love. Jesus weeps with us. He understands your tears. He understands your heartbreak. Hebrews 4.15 says this. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And you may ask, how could Jesus be tempted in everything that we're tempted in because his life was much different than ours? I've had men say to me, Jesus was never married, so how would he know how I feel raising a family? Well, he knows, he understands, because he was tempted literally by the devil in the wilderness when he was at his weakest moment, 40 days of fasting, and Satan tempted him with bread. So he understands temptation. He understands physical weakness. He understands what you're going through with brokenness, and he weeps with you. I wrote this a few years ago. George is not here this morning, but this is his favorite poem. It's called cry like a man. Don't cry like a girl. Don't cry like a baby. If you're going to cry, cry like a man. Don't cry like a woman. Don't cry like a child. Don't hold back the feelings and don't hold back the tears. They say big boys don't cry, but they never say why. Why is the heart of a man Built to always stand and never to break and never to ache. Do the words that you say and the promises you make hurt any more a woman than a man? If you're going to cry, don't cry like a baby. Go ahead, do it right and cry like a man. That's for all of you guys here today. Jesus wept. It's nothing against your personality. It's It's not a sign of weakness when a man cries. As I entered the Crystal Cathedral one day at the death of our beloved chief of police, I passed through this incredible line of officers, a couple of hundred of them probably standing, one on each side. We walked through. It's very intimidating. If you want to, if you want to feel honor, do that. You want to understand the police, do that. As I walked by, one of my friends who was an officer was standing there and he had tears in his eyes like a lot of other do. And I stopped and I went over to him and I shook his hand and I said, God be with you today. We all weep. And he said, yes, we weep. Then he gave me a line. He said, but we don't weep for long. There is much to do. We weep, but we don't weep for long. There is much to do. Your sorrow will end and your heartache will turn to action and you'll be able to find something to do to make life better for someone else. And the good thing about weeping is that it doesn't last forever. When the tears dried up, David rose up and he pursued the enemy that had attacked his city. And the Bible says he recovered all. Here's what it says. David wept till he could weep no more. Then he encouraged himself in the Lord, and he got up and he pursued the enemy and recovered all. Our verse says, weeping may endure for the night, but there's an important word in there. It says may Endure for the night. It may not endure for the night. Sometimes healing comes in the middle of the night. Sometimes restoration comes in the middle of the night. Sometimes God reaches down before the sun comes up and lets you know he's on your side and you cannot weep forever because he's gonna bless you, encourage you and make all things right. But if weeping does last for the night, Here's the encouraging word, joy comes in the morning. Joy is coming, morning's coming. The sun's gonna come up. There's gonna be a new day. People have asked me, what is joy? What does it mean to have joy? As Christians, we're always talking about the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength and all that. I used to have a sign, I still have it somewhere. It hung in my office for years. It said, joy is not the absence of sorrow. It is the presence of God. Joy is the presence, knowing you're in the presence of God. And in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Joy is the calm assurance that God is still in control and nothing can harm you. Nothing can take away from you what God has put into your life. Deuteronomy 33, 27 says, the eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. Here's the picture. Here's the picture. No matter how far you fall, no matter how down you are, the underla- underlying arms, the underlying arms of God are, are, are beneath you. You cannot fall further down than his arms can reach. Do you see that? He's deeper than your sorrow. He's greater than your fall. He's beyond your rebellion. And when you run from God, when you get to wherever you're going, you'll find out he's already there because his underlying arms are lower than you can go. Joy is not determined by your circumstances. Paul and Silas, they sang praises unto the Lord in the midnight hour when they were chained to the wall. You might take your free they might take your freedom. They might even take your life, but they cannot take your joy. And someone said a long time ago, I heard this message, if the devil can't take your joy, he can't take your stuff. Say that with me. If the devil can't take my joy, he can't get my stuff. Because my happiness is not in my stuff. My happiness is in the presence of the Lord and the joy of the Lord. Things will come and go. Stuff will come and go. Circumstances will change. Circumstance, joy is not determined by your circumstances. Now, joy is not the same thing as happiness. I've seen people real happy that had no joy. Sometimes they're happy on a, it, it's fake Happiness. They've made themselves happy with something, drugs, alcohol. or They bought something they couldn't, you know, something, something that made them happy. You can be happy for a moment. As a matter of fact, you can be happy one minute and really sad the next. So joy is not happiness. Joy does not require answered prayers. You can have an answered prayer, and and, and that makes you feel good. But even when the prayer hasn't been answered, you can have the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Joy is a result of a determined mind to trust God for everything. And a determination to serve God, no matter what happens, if you're up, if you're down, whatever's going on in your life, if you will make the commitment to stay tuned to the Lord's will and purpose for your life, you will have joy through it all. Deuteronomy thirty three twenty seven says, the eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms and he shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say, destroy them. He will step in and destroy whoever or whatever is coming against you. Philippians chapter four, verse four through seven says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let me expand this for you just a little bit. When he says rejoice in the Lord always, that text really means let the Lord be your chief joy. The number one thing in your life, let it be your relationship to God. Even more than anybody that you love, let God be your heart. Rejoice always, let him be the chief joy rejoice in the Lord again. He said, I say it again. Then he says, be careful for nothing. That means don't worry about anything. How can you have faith and worry at the same time? How can you have faith believing God's going to come through and worry about it all day long? I have found that worrying doesn't really do any good. All it does is destroy my faith. I try, I, I can't, I'm going to tell you that I never worry about anything. Sometimes I stay up at night and think about stuff. (laughs) But I'm not going to admit worrying about anything. Worrying doesn't help. My grandmother said one time, I know worrying helps because most of the stuff I worry about never happens. (laughs) Don't worry. You're God's child. Everything's going to be fine. We're just we're just pilgrims passing through this world anyway. Let's put our focus on him. Let's rejoice in the Lord. Let's rejoice in the fact that we have a great God who loves us. Let's rejoice in the fact that we have a great church where we can come and worship and rejoice and celebrate the word of God. Let's rejoice in those good things. And he said, if you'll do that, the peace of God, which goes past all understanding, Wow, I've spent my life as a pastor and a chaplain trying to help people understand things. Help me understand this. Help me understand why this is happening. Help me figure it out. I found out that there are some things that you cannot understand. Some things are never going to make sense to you. Some things are never going to look right. But the peace of God does not require understanding of the situation. The peace of God comes even when you don't understand what's going on. When you're in total confusion, you don't know what the answer is going to be. You can still have the peace of God. Like Jesus in the bottom of that boat, when the disciples were so afraid they were going to drown, they were bailing water as fast as they could, and Jesus was fast asleep in the bottom of the boat. And their biggest question, shall we wake him up? And when they woke him up, he's still the waters. Then he didn't take the he didn't take the the, the the rudder of the boat. If I'd have been him, i said, now, Peter, I'm gonna take this over so we don't drive any more storms. But no, he just gave it back to him and went back to bed. He does not worry. And in a lot of our prayers, I've found sometimes with me, I'm trying to get God to worry with me. Are you aware of this, Lord? Do you know what's happening? How come you're not worried? Some God, you're not. Goes beyond your understanding and will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. That means shall mount guard up over your mind. You don't have to worry when you go to bed at night about what's gonna happen. The angels are standing guard around you. Final word today is from Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18. Here's what Habakkuk said. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, and neither shall the fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olives shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock is cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet, everybody say with me, yet, I will rejoice in the Lord and I will joy in the God of my salvation. Look at this guy. Everything that he had went upside down. <laughs> no fruit in the vine. Olives didn't bring anything. The fields brought no harvest. The flock was cut off from the fold. There was no herd Every one of his income streams, everything that he did was cut off. Yet he said, I will rejoice in the Lord and I will joy in the God of my salvation. And that's what I'm giving you today as the best remedy when things come your way, that break your heart, crush your spirit, rejoice in the Lord, and he will restore your soul. Father, I thank you for this promise. I thank you for this word. And I pray today, Lord, for those who may be hurting over whatever has happened in their life. Could be the loss of anything. For Lord, the problems that we encounter in this life are many and the difficulties are great and the pain is is real. But Lord, you said that if we would rejoice in you, put our faith and our trust in you, that you would heal us and restore us and keep our minds safe, and heal our hearts. And Father, I pray that for every person listening to me today. In the name of Jesus, amen.